We're super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Express your style and build a look that's made for you. And because it's almost summer, that means you need to upgrade your sunglasses game now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair today. My personal favorites are the Holbrooks, just a clean, classic look. Oakley even offers prism lens technology. What the hell is that, you ask? It's proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and do your research. While you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday sunglasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands and can assure you Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com podcast. I am Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. We got a lot to get into today. We're going to dive a little deeper into the Lakers cap situation, exactly what that looks like and what it will allow them to do, as well as prevent them from doing on the free agent and trade market. want to get into that. And then if we have time, we're going to get into some fan questions and comments as well. Joining me on today's show is Ron Gutterman. Find him on Twitter at RonGutterman24. Ron, how are you doing? Doing good. I'm excited to uh, break down this Lakers cap situation because I think it's uh, it's pretty confusing when you break it all down. <laughs> it is. It's been in my my head all day. And I've, I've tripped myself up a few times going through this. So... I'm glad you're here, Ron, because you can catch me if I make any mistakes with my math or anything like that. So I hope you brought your thinking cap today because we've got plenty to dive into here. Um, This is going to be an interesting conversation, I think. And in fact, it is a way to kick off a new segment for us. And that is the more than meets the eye segment where we're going to dive a little bit deeper into some of the stats, some of the players on the Lakers sponsored by Oakley. More than meets the eyes will be a new weekly segment. On the LakersNation.com podcast, we're going to jump into that. But first, one thing. Ron, you don't even know about this. I've got a little surprise here for everybody. I've been hinting for the last few weeks that there might be some opportunities in Las Vegas for Lakers fans when we go out there for Summer League. Summer League is going to go July 7th through July 17th. The Lakers Nation crew will be out there at the beginning of Summer League. And we are going to run a little contest. How would you like to come hang out with us, get into a professional studio, record with us, and come on our show? That's right. That opportunity is going to be available to all Lakers fans. So if you are going out to Las Vegas for Summer League and you want to come on our show, all you have to do is shoot me a short video of yourself talking Lakers basketball. We'll pick one winner. And you're going to be able to jump into a segment with us at Blue Wire Studios at the win, a professional studio, get on camera with us, and we'll get to hang out, talk Lakers basketball. We're going to take you out to lunch and have a good time. You'll join myself and editor extraordinaire Daniel Starkand in the studio. Again, just shoot me a short video of yourself talking Lakers, whatever topic you want to. Think of it kind of like a little audition, and you can come get into the studio with us at Las Vegas Summer League. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. I'm super excited about this. Send it to my email address, trevor at mediumlargela.com. And again, we'll pick one winner. 
Ron, you didn't know about this contest contest that we were doing, but I'm really excited about this. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, didn't know about this at all. Uh, I'm hearing about it same time as everybody else. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this sounds super cool and a great opportunity for uh, for anyone who either wants to hang out with us or wants to get some tape out there of you like yeah, doing for sure. legitimate recording in a studio. I think that's super cool. Uh, yeah, that wind studio is absolutely gorgeous. Um, you'll meet, I assume, the whole crew. We're all going to be out there for those three days. Um, yeah, that's a that's a really cool opportunity. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. And again, it's it's professional quality. So you get at the very least, you get some fantastic tape. Plus, you'll be getting out there uh, to all of our viewers, all of our listeners. Get to jump into a show with us. So once again, do a little a little sample. Send it over to me, Trevor at MediumLargeLA.com, and we'll pick one winner before summer league but again hopefully you are already planning to go out to summer league because it is a blast so much fun and a highlight of the year every year for all of us at lakers nation all right ron let's do it let's crunch some numbers the more that meets the eye segment sponsored by oakley here we go here's what i've got i've put some numbers in front of us and i think before we dive into exactly what this is going to look like. And so podcast listeners, I'm going to read through most of these. YouTube viewers, you can see the numbers here on your screen. The salary cap, and by the way, this may shift a little bit. The, the NBA doesn't give us the final numbers until um, the calendar year flips over. So we got to look at the next NBA calendar, which is going to start up July 1st. So there, there's always potential that this these could move slightly. They're not going to move drastically. But for now... The salary cap is sitting at 134 million. The luxury tax kicks in at 162 million. However, the tax apron is actually going to kick in right around 169 million. So that tax apron, that's kind of like a little grace period before you actually start getting hit with the tax. You would be over the tax line, but it gives you um, a little bit of a buffer before teams actually start getting charged that tax. That tax apron also acts as the hard cap. So when you hear us say hard cap, 169 million, that's what it's going to be at. Again, might be give or take a million or so when the actual numbers come in, but that's the ceiling that teams who are hard cap cannot cross. Ron, do you remember off the top of your head what triggers a hard cap? Yes, I do. Uh, it <laughs> Not is... to quiz you or anything, but... <laughs> No, but it's it's important that the that the viewers and listeners know this. What triggers a hard cap? Uh, receiving a player via sign and trade, sending out a player in a sign and trade does not do that. Only receiving a player via sign and trade triggers that. Uh, going above your taxpayer mid-level exception, so using any of your uh, full mid-level exception, that twelve point two million number on the screen, or using your biannual exception. Those are the three ways you can trigger a hard cap. Uh, and again, receiving a player in a sign-and-trade is the only way to trigger a hard cap. Sending a player out in a sign-and-trade does not do that. Correct, correct. So if the Lakers sign-and-trade D'Angelo Russell to another team, let's say the Toronto Raptors in a trade for Fred, Fred Van Vliet. If Fred Van Vliet picks up his player option for next season and gets sent to the Lakers while he's already under contract, that deal would not trigger the hard cap. If Fred Van Vliet were not to pick up his player option and were he to be signed and traded to the Lakers in the same trade, it would be a double sign-and-trade, which is very tricky. But if he were to do that, let's say, that would trigger a hard cap from the lake for the Lakers. The reason why that exists is because teams wanted to dissuade 
uh, the sign and trade. It was a thing that happened a ton for a little while there in the NBA because players saw that as a way to get the contract that they wanted, which their incumbent team could offer more than other teams could. So they would get the contract that they wanted and get to the location they wanted just by doing a sign and trade. The NBA didn't like the look of that. So they tried to put things in to, to dissuade teams from doing sign and trade. So it makes them a little more difficult to do. Uh, the super tax, which is what we're calling Ron, uh, people are calling it different things. Nobody's really settled on a specific name for it yet, but this is the new CBA, the second tier tax, whatever you want to call it, tier two tax, second tax. Keith Smith and I have been calling it the super tax, kind of playing off the super max contract, but whatever you want to call it, that's going to be at about 179 and a half million. And my sense is that a lot of teams are going to treat this as a hard cap, as a hard ceiling that they're not going to want to go past because it's so punitive. Um, I think the NBA really maybe even went a little too far, in my opinion, um, in terms of how damaging it is if you go over this number. Uh, Ron, it really feels like the NBA wanted to penalize anybody from spending too much. So I'm going to look at that number as though the Lakers are not going to cross it. And I think most teams will probably do the same with the exception of maybe the teams that are already over it. Yeah, teams like the Clippers and the Warriors uh, may not look at it so harshly, although they are probably going to work to, over the next couple of years, get below yeah. that number. One thing I'm a little shocked about this, you know, you call it super tax. I've been calling it the second apron. Mm -hmm. um, so, every, you know, everyone's got – we haven't settled on a, on a uh, industry-wide name for it. But one thing that I've, I've been shocked about is I don't love how close it is to the first tax apron. Um, there's, yeah, there's you know, not a lot of breathing room there. You basically get ten million ish dollars. It'll probably be somewhere closer to like eleven. You know, whenever the numbers come out, but mm -hmm. like you get effectively ten million dollars between the tax apron and and the second apron, the first tax apron and the second tax apron. Which, which at that point, like to to me, one of the things that makes this interesting is it makes hard capping yourself less of a punishment because. You're effectively only getting about 10 million away from where you were gonna stop anyway. Yeah. So to me, this actually makes hard capping less punitive than it used to be because the alternative is you go over the second the second apron, all of a sudden you lose any mid any exceptions. You cannot use a mid-level exception. Uh <laughs> you cannot use your taxpayer mid-level exception. Mm -hmm. Uh your if you're in it for, I believe it's three or four years. I don't know the exact year count, but if you're in it for a certain number of years. Um, your first round picks automatically get dropped to the to the last pick mm -hmm. or to the end of the first round. Uh, I believe it's the pick that's seven years out, uh, your farthest future draft pick. Um, so it's like it's just a lot of really crazy uh, punishments. And so now to me, teams, I think, are going to be more willing to hard cap themselves because they're already hard capping themselves at 180. So what's stopping them from hard capping themselves at 170? Yeah, I agree. That could be an unintended consequence of the of this new CBA. Um, some of the exceptions, well, all of the exceptions, really. So exceptions, the exceptions are, and we are going to get into what this all means for the Lakers in just in just a moment, I promise. But what this means for the Lakers uh, or for the for NBA teams in general, exceptions are allowing you to spend money even if you are over that cap, that one hundred and thirty four million dollars. If you are over that, you can still spend money. Now, 
there is something that I didn't put in here called the veteran minimum exception, which a lot, which anybody can spend. As long as you're not hard capped, you can add a veteran minimum player. Even if you're at, you could be at 150 million. You're well over the cap. You could still sign players on veteran minimum deals. Um, your exceptions though, your mid-level exception, your biannual exception. So the mid-level exception is 12.2 million. So if you are over the cap, Let's say you're at 138 million. You could use your mid-level exception of 12.2 million. Um, you could also use your biannual exception, which, as the name implies, you can use every other year. Your biannual exception you can use, and that's 4.4 million. Now, those two exceptions will trigger that hard cap because they want it to be only for teams that are over the cap but below the tax because there's a different exception that's created for teams that are over the tax. And that's called the taxpayer mid-level exception. So your mid-level exception, your biannual exception, those trigger the hard cap at 169 million. That's important. And we're going to get into that when we start to break down exactly how the Lakers roster can be built um, for next season. Then we've got the taxpayer mid-level, which they actually reduced. It was over $7 million. That's That was the contract Lonnie Walker was on. That was the contract Kendrick Nunn was on. They've reduced it this year to just $5 million. And the reason for that is because, again, the NBA is wanting to penalize teams that go deeper into the tax. So $5 million for the taxpayer gives teams a little bit less spending power that are into the tax. And then finally, the room exception. And the room exception is kind of cool. It's... What it means is, let's say you are, and we're going to look at a Lakers example of this in just a minute. Let's say your salaries come in at 120 million, 120 million, which means you are 14 million below the cap, and you spend that 14 million. Are you then just done? Well, no. Once you spend that 14 million, you get what's called the room exception of 7.6 million. The NBA will let you spend another 7.6 million dollars. And then you can get into veteran minimums. You will not have access to the mid-level. You won't have access to the taxpayer mid-level, but you will have that room exception. So if you spend all your cap space, you can then go and spend just a little bit more. It's like a credit limit increase or, or something like that. Um, that's Those are the exceptions that could be available to the Lakers, depending on how they play all of this. And Ron, something you and I have talked about a bit, it's this offseason, and this is why we're getting all these numbers, it's crazy how many different ways the Lakers can go with this because in seasons past last year, we knew, Hey, the Lakers have the taxpayer mid-level and veteran minimums. That's it. That's all they've got. And we knew it. They could go tons of different ways. And that's why we need to break all of this down. Yeah. And, uh, you'll remember, I want to go back to the biannual exception a little yeah. bit. Lakers fans will remember, uh, they get it back this year because they didn't have it last season because mm -hmm. in 2021 they used it on Matthew Peralta's favorite player, Wesley Matthews. That's right. Uh, so they get it back. So the Lakers do have access to that this year if they're willing to accept that hard cap. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Let's get into the numbers. Let's start crunching these numbers. So here's what I've got for the Lakers roster because I'm going to buy that the Lakers are going to – do what they're saying they're going to do. And that means keeping their young core. That's what Rob Palenka talked about. So here's what I've got on their roster right now. I have this as the bare minimum, the base I'm going to build off of. LeBron at just shy of 47 million. Anthony Davis at 40,600,000. 
Jared Vanderbilt at just under $5 million, $4.7 million. He's just such a great bargain on that contract. I can't see them. He's technically not completely guaranteed. In fact, I, I want to say it's a very small, it's like a 300000 guaranteed. That's off the top of my head. But um, they're not getting rid of him. He's too valuable on that contract. Max Christie at $1.7 million. Again, it's such a small number. They're, they're not moving off him for that. And then I put in what I think, well, there's the 17th pick in the draft, which is has a salary of about $3 million. And then I put in Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura. I put in Reeves at $12 million. And the reason why I did that was because of the Gilbert Arenas rule, where even if, even if they have to match another team's offer, it'll be restricted in the first couple of years. It might balloon up in years three and four, depending on how much he signs for. But uh, Reeves, I've got him at $12 million. And then Rui, I just put a number in the $15 million, sounded about right. Maybe he gets 18 I don't know. But... Um, Ron, I think that the important piece to get into here with these guys is their cap holds because that's definitely going to matter when we talk about order of operations. So let's first say the Lakers are building off this core and they're going to be a cap space team. So how would those cap holds for Reeves and Rui come into play with that? Yeah, so if you're going to operate as an under-the-cap team, uh, those restricted free agent cap holds are essentially going to be your salary for those players as you're using your cap space. And then because of the Gilbert Arenas rule and because of the bird rights you have on Rui Hachimura, you would be allowed to go over the cap to sign those players to bigger contracts. Mm -hmm. But the cap holds are what is considered like your, like we're paying them this amount as an under the cap team and will continue to be an under the cap team. And when we reach the cap space limit, we can now go over and we'll sign Reeves and Rui after. So in this case, Rui Hachimura's cap hold is over $18 million. So Rui, if you're going to sign him to a $15 million contract like I have here, you want to do that as quickly as you can because you're actually going to free up money by signing him. Reeves, on the other hand, his cap hold is only a, a little over $2 million. So if you're signing him to that contract you need to wait and make that the last thing you do so that you can keep him on the books at just $2 million and you spend all your cap space. So right now, as presently structured, the Lakers are at just about $124 million. Now, we don't have, we're going to get into empty roster spot charges in just a moment, but with the roster of LeBron, AD, Jared Vanderbilt, Max Christie, Austin Reeves, Rui, and the 17th pick in the draft, that $124 million. But remember, Austin... His cap hold is only $2 million. So let's put that in. Now what are the Lakers at? Now they're at $114 million. Remember, the salary cap is $134 million. In theory, that's about $20 million in spending power. But wait, they only has, have seven roster spots filled that way. You are missing out on 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12. So that's five roster spots that you're going to be charged an empty roster spot charge for because the NBA knows you're going to fill those spots. They're going to set aside money for you to spend on that. And so that's going to take away, it'll be about $6 million in spending power that you're going to lose there. So instead of $20 million, you're really going to have about $14 million in cap space to spend. Again, with the roster of LeBron, AD, Vanderbilt, Max Christie, Reeves, Rui, and the 17th draft pick. So, Ron, just to put some names out there, 
who are some of the like some free agents? Like, do you think 14 million if they just decided, hey, we, and you could split this up, but if they decided, hey, we're going to throw 14 million at Brooke Lopez and try to get him, do you think that's enough? Probably not. 14 million probably gets you in the ballpark of a Max Struess. Uh huh. Um, that's probably around where 14 million is gonna is gonna do well. If you want to split that up, you could go for you know uh, another or you 14 million is probably very close on a guy like Harrison Barnes. Mm-hmm. Um, his value is probably seen as somewhere between 15 and 18 million. Um, you could, in theory, if you wanted to try and get him at a discount, you could offer him the full 14 million. Um, one of the issues, though, that I think is not touched on is so we, we talked, you, you mentioned order of operations. Mm-hmm. Um, in order for the Lakers to operate as an under the cap team, uh, they pretty much have to sign Reeves last. Yep. And they are effectively not 100% in control of when they sign Austin Reeves. Correct. Because, because they would have to match. He's a restricted free agent. And if another team offers him an offer sheet and he signs it, the Lakers have to match within 48 hours. And it's that forty. At, it's at that point that it goes on their books. So And it's, it's going to be 24 hours on the new CBA. 24 hours. Even worse. Awesome. <laughs> right? So yeah, it's, if, it's getting if, worse, Ron. <laughs> if the moratorium ends and Austin Reeves signs an offer sheet that minute, the Lakers would have 24 hours to sign every contract they want to sign and then match Reeves at the very end of that. It would lead to a very hectic 24 hours, mm-hmm. um, which is why operating as an under-the-cap team is really, really difficult. Um, but if you wanted to do that, again, the options, you know, you're probably – knocking on the door but just a little shy of a Harrison Barnes you're probably mm-hmm. shy of a Brooke Lopez you're definitely in the range for a Max Struess um I can't remember all the free agents off the top I mean, of my head Gabe Vincent Nas Reed you know you're, you're some, in some the of those types. For probably Nas Reed yeah um, you're in the ballpark for Gabe Vincent absolutely you're not uh, getting they, Kyrie. You're not getting James Harden. You're not getting the, the top, top, top tier guys. You're not getting any of those guys. Also, not getting yeah. Jaden McDaniels from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, he's a free agent, and the uh, the belief around the league is probably that he's going to get upwards of twenty to twenty five million. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, and I know that's that so great. That's, that's kind of been thrown <laughs> around as like people want him. Uh, the Lakers are not getting him. <laughs> are you... Jaden McDaniels, I, I'm showing it with a team option for next year, but he would be extension eligible, I believe. They could He's, just waive his team option and sign him to a new deal. They are, I, I believe that's what they're they're that, And that would make sense. They're signing him to a deal, I, I believe, if what I've heard is correct, they're signing upwards of 20 to $25 million per year for four yeah. years, something like that. Yeah, not a surprise. Not a surprise. Okay, so the other thing is this. It's very easy to look at this and say, hey, this is awesome. The Lakers have $14 million in salary cap room to go spend on somebody. Plus, you get another, remember, you get the room exception, right? So you spend that $14 million or whatever it's going to be. You can use your, you can sign Austin. You can use your room exception of $7.6 million. So you can go get another player with that. Maybe that's enough to keep, I don't know, Lonnie Walker or something, right? Or go I'm find sure. somebody else. Yeah, Dennis Schroeder, or go out there and find somebody else on the market. But keep in mind, this means no D'Angelo Russell. He's gone. No Mobamba, no Malik Beasley. Uh, in this scenario, Troy Brown's gone, right? Wenyan Gabriel's gone. A lot of different guys. Yeah, just and, and the reason, reason for that is in order to free up all this cap room, you have to renounce your bird mm-hmm. rights on those players. So D'Angelo Russell, would no, the Lakers would no longer have bird rights on him. They would be renouncing. They would decline the team option on Malik Beasley, which takes away those rights. Mm-hmm. And you would decline the guarantee on Mo Bamba's deal, which takes away those rights. So you would lose all the bird rights you had to sign those guys and maintain your above the cap status. Yep. So now you would have your that $14 million to spend. You'd have 14, 7.6, and veteran minimums. And that's the rest of your team alongside LeBron, Anthony Davis, Jared Vanderbilt, Max Christie, Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura, and the 17th pick. Again, that number changes if Rui gets $18 million, right? That changes. Um, but let's talk. Now, it, I don't think that's super likely that they go the cap space route. Um, it's possible. But let's talk D'Angelo Russell because that's the next big deal that we need to talk about here. So let's go D'Lo. Let's plug him in. And let's say, Ron, yesterday, I believe it was, we were talking and you said maybe D'Lo gets two years, um, $50 million. Yeah. Let's say the Lakers are able to get what I think would be a decent part. Let's say they can get him for, for $20 million per, right? Maybe I'm pushing it a little bit, but just to kind of play out best case scenario here, let's say they get $20 million for him. And that's actually a pay cut for D'Lo compared to last year. But he was really bad in the Western Conference Finals. So look what that does. You add in D'Lo at $20 million. Okay, well, now you're no longer a cap space team because you're at $134 million. We haven't even put in the, um, the open roster spot charges. And even with Reeves at $2 million, you're still right there at the cap. You're going to go over with the empty roster spot charges. You are no longer a cap space team. In this scenario, though, with D'Lo at $20 million, Austin, Rui. Remember, Austin, if they're not going to be a cap space team, 
we don't really need to think about Austin as just being on a $12 million cap or a $2 million cap hold because you're not going to be able to use that cap hold much anyway. Um, if you were, so for example, let's say you trigger a hard cap and you're sitting at $168 million and Austin's sitting at 2 million, you can't then come back and say, oh, well now we're going to make him 12. No, you can't pass that. You would wind up having to either hope Austin actually signs that $2 million qualifying offer or you're losing him. That, that would be it. So we're going to calculate Austin at the full 12 million. And that brings us to now 143 million. So Ron, in this scenario, mid-level exception, biannual exception. I think those are in play. We're at really 144 million. We round up. You got a few empty roster spot charges in there, four of them. So let's say 148 million. Um, remember, you use the mid-level, you use the biannual. You're triggering a hard cap at 169 million. Is that enough space, you think, to use your mid-level and your biannual exceptions? Uh, yes, uh, I think I think it is. Especially uh, the, you would either use the full mid-level or you would try to be a little creative and you would sign maybe a ten million dollar player, and then you would have the biannual exception for four point four, which saves you. 2.2 against the hard cap mm-hmm. and with veteran minimums being in the ballpark of one and a half to two and a half million, depending on the veteran status of the player, how many years they've been in the league. Uh, every $2 million you can save against the hard cap is really crucial. If you'll remember the 2021 season when they were hard capped, the Lakers had to do a lot of mid season hard cap navigation. Uh, they wanted to sign Andre Drummond and they quite literally had to wait. Uh, a few extra days because That's right. his his uh, <laughs> his retro cap hold was too big for the hard cap, so they had to wait until the number of days they signed him for equated to slightly less than the hard cap. Than what? Than what they? Than the room they had between their salaries and what the hard cap was at? Yeah. They because that on these minimum deals, if you sign a guy, what they're going to sit on your books for is going to be different what you're actually going to pay them is going to be different if the later into the season you get because it gets prorated the further into the season you get. So they had to wait until Keith actually did the calculations while we were on the front office show of exactly what date the Lakers would be able to sign a, a buyout player on. Um, that was that was cap madness for sure. Yeah, and so that's what you would kind of be dealing with again. Mm-hmm. So the best way to go about that is you could either use the full 12.2 million MLE on one player mm-hmm. or if you got a player to take, you know, you got a player for $10 million, you could then use the 4.4 million biannual exception. And in the process, you just saved yourself one veteran minimum player extra that you can have. Uh, in that in that scenario, you're not getting to 15 roster spots. Yeah. Probably only getting to about 13, maybe 14. We'd need yeah. to do the math for, re- like, go into it. And you um, need to be at 14. You need to be at 14. Uh you know, luckily, one of your veteran minimum guys, in theory, is a second round rookie, um, which carries a significantly smaller cap hold. I believe it's mm-hmm. only like 1.1 million or something like that this year. I know last year it was in the 900,000s. It's going up. Um, so I believe it's like something slightly under 1.1 million. So you have one spot kind of designated for whoever the Lakers were to draft at 47 if they were to draft someone. Um, and so that kind of buys you a little bit of room. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the way you would go about it. Now, if you use the full 12.2, like Trevor's showing here. Yeah, I'm putting it um, on the screen. 
yeah, you're you're gonna find yourself very pressed up against that hard cap. Um, yeah. So with ten players here, we're at we're at 160 million. And remember, your hard cap is 169 million. You would have to add four players for less than nine million dollars. And let's say something happened. Let's say you spent eight million dollars on those four players that you have uh, left to put on your roster, and so you're at 168 million. And something happened mid-season. You know, you lost a center or something like that. Then, well, you're out of luck. You're not going to be able to sign somebody. Now, again, you get far enough into the season, and maybe you can. But if you you cannot pass that hard cap for anything, so you want to go sign somebody off the market, unless you have somebody who is on a non-guaranteed deal that you can take off your roster or something, uh, or you can execute a trade where somebody takes on some salary for you, you can't go add that player if you have just no room under that hard cap. So that's what you have to be careful with as well. And so that's why the suggestion would be to, instead of using your full 12.2 mid-level, you would drop it down to, say, a $10 million player, which mm -hmm. when we do that, buys us, again, $2.2 million worth of stuff. And all of a sudden, now you have about 11 to $12 million, probably $11 million uh, to build out the rest of that roster, which is, Again, every dollar counts when you're talking about this hard cap. Um, so that's kind of, that's the way you would go about it. I see this as the much likelier path to the Lakers building their roster. Mm -hmm. um, but again, <laughs> we haven't even gotten into the third option, which no. is uh, the, uh, the Mo Bamba and Malik Beasley of it all. Yeah, so we got to talk about that because with this roster build, unless you're using the, I know we've talked a lot about, well, Lonnie, because they'll have non-bird rights on him, they can offer him $7.8 million. Not in this build. If you want to use part of the mid-level on him, sure. If he wants to take the biannual, sure. Otherwise, goodbye Lonnie. Unless you want to use your mid-level on Dennis or your biannual on Dennis, goodbye Dennis. Goodbye Malik Beasley. Goodbye Mo Bamba. Again, we looked at Malik Beasley and Mo Bamba and saying, you know what? They're going to keep these guys. Just pick up the options on them um, or the option on, on Beasley and guarantee Bamba's contract. And then worst case, you've got tradable assets, right? You've got expiring contracts that you can put into a deal. Well, with the new super tax, it's going to be harder to do that because you'll start stacking up salaries. So let's say that they did want to keep both of those guys. Um, and by the way, this is also why when we look at this summer, when we start looking at what deal does D'Angelo Russell get? If it comes in at 23 million instead of 20, like I have projected here, what if Rui gets 16 instead of 15, like I have here? Like that might matter a ton in terms of actually building out your roster. It's going to be very close. So let's say we put in Beasley and he's at 16.5 million. Okay. Put in Malik Beasley and we put in Mobam. So this is the let's keep everybody path here so we did we're going to be a cap space team we did we're going to try to capitalize on the mid-level exception while keeping some of our guys let's go we're going to keep everybody now we can see already you had you have the, you have mle and bae in there yes and that's what i'm what i'm getting to you're at 185 million well that's above your hard cap of 169 million by using the MLE and the biennial exception. So those are gone, right? Those are gone. So let's remove. So no longer 
Are you using your mid-level? You don't have that anymore. That's gone. Your biannual, even trying to use that. Nope, that's at $175 million. Uh, your biannual would no longer be accessible either because if you used it, you would again trigger that hard cap. Now, so you get rid of those things. Those are gone. Unfortunately, you can't use those on players. Now you've got $170 million in salaries. You've got LeBron, Anthony Davis, Jared Vanderbilt, Max Christie, Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura, whoever you took with the 17th pick, D'Angelo Russell at $20 million, Malik Beasley, Mo Bamba. That's your team. Uh, run at $171 million essentially, $172 when you add in open roster spot charges. Are you comfortable using the taxpayer mid-level even in this roster build of $5 million? You know, it's it's very close, right? Because if you go above the, the second apron, the super tax of mm -hmm. whatever we're going to call it, you do not have access to a mid-level exception to the to taxpayer. The taxpayer. It goes exception. away. So now we're talking about, we were talking about the $169 million hard cap. Now we're at a second. If you if you use your taxpayer, you're effectively triggering a second hard cap, yep. which is at 179.5. So we have this build. Let's say you use the full taxpayer mid-level uh, of $5 million. You're at $175 million with 11 players. Well, that means you have four or so, four and a half million dollars, maybe a little for, less. For, for three spots. For three roster spots. Which means now again, one of them will be your rookie second rounder, most likely, which means it's about one, one and point one cap hold. But then your other two basically have to be veteran minimums that are less than, I believe, eight years of service time or seven years of service time. It's like mm -hmm. you get so, so specific on the types of players that you are allowed to sign. And then in the middle of the season, you have zero flexibility to do anything unless one of those veteran minimums is not guaranteed, which is probably the route they would go, giving them the flexibility to effectively trade one player for another, one minimum player for another in the middle of the season. Um, but yeah, this is a very, very tricky route. Mm -hmm. And so at least my read on the situation, and again, I'm, I'm working with you know a tiny bit of intel, a tiny bit of intuition about this Lakers team, a tiny bit of everything. To me, the likeliest, likeliest scenario is they go for the uh, – they become a team where the super tax is their hard cap, and they decline the team option on either Malik Beasley or deny the guarantee on Mo Bamba. They I pick one of them. I think the likeliest scenario is they pick mm -hmm. one of them, probably Mo Bamba, because he's the cheaper one. And that way they have all the wiggle room in the world under the super tax, the second apron, they can use a taxpayer mid-level, the full $5 million, and they can sign minimums to whoever they want. And mm -hmm. that's kind of – that's where I see the likeliest scenario for the Lakers, like number one, top of the list. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Malik Beasley's team option was declined. And in that scenario, if you declined Malik Beasley's team option, you could bring him back. You could give him a new contract. You would still have his bird rights. Now, again, you would still be dealing with – that super tax line that we're assuming the Lakers are not going to want to pass. They will not be able to pass it if they use their taxpayer mid-level, but you would have Beasley's bird rights. So you could give him, if you wanted to, I don't know, $6 million a year, you know, two years, 6 million, second year player option or something like that. Just to say, Hey, we believe in you. 
Uh, we, you know, you had a shooting slump this year, but we think we're going to be better next year. You could do something with, but it doesn't mean he's definitely gone. If you decline that and same thing with Mo Bamba, you could say, look, Mo 10.3 million. We need some wiggle room here. We like you. We traded for you. We don't think 10.3 million is your market value though. We're going to waive you on this deal, but we'll sign you to a veteran minimum or something like that. Right. And then Either way, those are risks based on reads of the market. Exactly. Um, because when you do that, there's always a chance that a team, again, and, and we talked about this on a, on a previous, on our live show uh, on Monday, uh, there's a few teams in this league, I think there's like five or six, that are beneath what is called the salary floor, mm-hmm. um, which is the legal minimum that you are allowed to spend on a team. You have to reach a certain number in spending on a team. And there are a few teams, the Spurs being one of them, that are below that number. And so they are going to just hand out money at a certain point to just about anybody because they legally have to fill out a roster. I, I will is- volunteer. If they're just handing it out, <laughs> I'll take it. So they, they can pay me. <laughs> Mo Bamba is probably not in the Spurs' best interest given the player that they are about to receive. But <laughs> probably not. But Probably not. Probably not. But maybe they want insurance for that player, whatever. But either mm-hmm. way, there's a real chance that if they send Mo Bamba or Malik Beasley into unrestricted free agency, even with bird rights, a team like the Spurs, a team like the Orlando Magic, if they strike out on some of their top targets, a team mm-hmm. like the Oklahoma City Thunder could come in and say, hey, actually, Thunder are above. So actually, they're, they're, above, they're not yeah. a part of this. But Magic, Spurs, there are a couple others in this fold as well, could just go up to Malik Beasley and say, hey, you know, you're probably not a $10 million player, but we have to spend $10 million and you're one of the last free agents left. Mm-hmm. Let's give you the $10 million and worry about it later. And now the Lakers have lost that player. So, again, this is the reason why we went through this whole exercise. And this has obviously been a super long. This is the longest uh, more than meets the eye segment we are ever going to have. Because it's the this more is, than meets is, the eye episode. <laughs> this is the more than meets the eye episode. How, how's that for value there, Oakley? But um, the more that meets the eye episode here, because this, look, when you get into the weeds and you actually look at the numbers and you can see what the Lakers are really faced with, I think it illuminates things a, a lot more um, in terms of what they really can and can't do um, this summer. It's going to be very, very tricky how they navigate this. And there might have to be some very difficult decisions that are made. And again, just imagine if D'Lo gets the 25 million that Ron was projecting. Think about how much that changes everything that we've talked about so far on this show. It changes everything so, so much. So the Lakers are going to have to be very careful and figure out what the best path is. And they're going to have to figure out what is it really, what can we get this player at? If we do have the mid-level exception, who can we get? Who would be willing to take that? If we don't have it, who can we keep with the taxpayer mid-level? Or who can we go get with the taxpayer mid-level? The other thing to keep in mind is in the initial roster build, the first one we did, the cap space build, guess what? You would actually save so much money that the Lakers would get a tax payment. Other teams in the NBA would subsidize the Lakers. <laughs> they would be a team that would actually be receiving money from teams like the Clippers and the Golden State Warriors because they would not be a taxpayer. That might be something to keep in mind too. Does that matter? Again, the tax kicks in at 162 million. Maybe you use just the mid-level. You don't use the biannual. 
you use some veteran minimums. And if there's any way you can stay below that 162 million line, if you do that, suddenly the Lakers are actually getting millions of dollars paid to them by other teams in the NBA that are into the tax. Again, I would hope that's not a major deciding factor for whatever it is. I think the seventh most valuable sports franchise in the world. Last I looked, hopefully that's not a deciding factor, but if they're close, if they're at 164 million and all they got to do is shed 2 million bucks and suddenly you're going to get a lot more money. That may be a determining factor in all of this as well. So something to keep in mind there. Yeah. And, and um, in the, in the scenario we painted where Beasley's gone and or Bamba's gone and they use their the the taxpayer Let me, level. Let's see what that's uh, at. Let me pull Beasley here on, on, on our numbers. Yep. So we pull Beasley. Go ahead. Yeah. So if we if we use the taxpayer mid level there, the the five million dollars, like eighty to ninety percent chance that that is Dennis Schroeder. Yes. Um, mainly because that is around Dennis Schroeder's market. Uh, five to seven million per year or so. Um, and Dennis and the Lakers appear to have a very good relationship. Um, you know, the obviously things have gone the way they've gone with Dennis, and it's been a very fascinating ride. But through it all, it seems like the relationship with him and the Lakers is very good. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine if this is the route they go, then Dennis would be that five million taxpayer mid level guy, just in my estimation. Yeah, and, and you have to imagine if Darvin Ham has any say in it, he would prefer to have Dennis back. And for good look, I thought Dennis had a really nice season for the Lakers, so I'm not even opposed to that. Um, let's let's look at this though, Ron. This is something that's interesting. Let's say they do this, and I think Mo Bamba at 10.3 million is a walking trade chip essentially, um, yeah. if that's his expiring contract. And that's why Orlando signed him to that contract was for him to be a walking expiring contract to use in a trade. Um, they didn't get what they were kind of hoping to get. They only got a second round pick out of the Lakers. That's why this next year of Obama's contract is not guaranteed. So he couldn't block the trade by having it be a player option or anything like that, or just a one-year deal. They made the second year non-guaranteed um, or most of it non-guaranteed anyway. So let's say in this scenario, the Lakers, they're sitting at $159 million, And this is just to read this off for our, our friends that are podcast listeners here. You got LeBron James. Anthony Davis, Vanderbilt, Max Christie, Austin Reeves, Rui, the 17th pick, D'Angelo Russell, Mo Bamba, your taxpayer mid-level, let's call it Dennis Schroeder. That's 10 players on your roster. Uh, You need to add four more. And let's say, though, in this scenario, right now, knowing that you have to fill out four more roster spots, you've used your taxpayer mid-level, which means you are hard-capped at $179 and you have $19 essentially, to play with. Now you don't want to get too close to that line, but you have 19 million in breathing room there. I brought it up before Lonnie Walker. I don't, maybe he doesn't want to be a Laker, right? We just, we always assume everybody wants to be a Laker. Maybe he doesn't want to be, but if he does 7.8 million, maybe is enough to get him. I don't know if it is for sure. We'll see. He's going to have to see what his market looks like. But let's say you throw, could you sneak Lonnie into this roster build? Yeah, you're at 167 million, three roster spots to fill, and you've got about 12 million in, in space to do it. You're fine there adding Lonnie into the mix. And if Lonnie is, is he reads his market and he sees that 7.8 is the best he's going to do, this right here, what you're seeing on your screen, uh, or what you just heard us describe at the podcast listeners, this is the most likely roster for the Lakers mm-hmm. next season. Like if, if Lonnie's willing to take that, if Dennis is willing to take that, like 
if if all those things go that way, what you're looking at is the likeliest Lakers roster for next season with three minimum, four minimum players, one of them likely on a non-guaranteed deal to preserve flexibility for the middle of the season, two of them being true veteran minimums, and one of them being a potential second round pick that is either drafted at 47 or purchased at a different point mm-hmm. and is signed to a veteran to a rookie minimum deal, which is about $1 million. And uh, for the first time in history, Rob Palenka can give that player a three-year deal without <laughs> having to do any cap maneuvering of the any Rob Palenka rule. Because of the Rob Palenka rule, which allows you to do that now. Um, so this, this is, to me, is sort of like probably what things are going to look like if for whatever reason the Lakers value Malik Beasley over Mo Bamba, it would probably be it would it would end up being Malik Beasley. It would be in a scenario where Lonnie Walker has said, "Hey, I'm not taking that 7.8 million dollars." It'll cost you Lonnie. Yeah. No, no chance. Like that's not happening anyway, and so it's not really a, a lost cause because he wasn't taking it anyway. And then it's really just a decision of do you value Beasley or Bamba more? Now here's my and I agree with you that this is the most likely, but here's my problem. This is the same team. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the same team as last season, right? There is, there's no, aside from your veteran minimum guys, 12, 13, 14, and whoever you get with the 17th pick, this is the exact same roster. And that's why I wonder if the Lakers are going to look long and hard at that, a way to use that mid-level exception. And maybe that means no Lonnie and no Mo Bamba or something like that. And you use your full mid-level and you try to get Dennis with, your buy if you even have enough space to use it, your biannual, but your full mid level might be able to get you an impact player. And not, I don't mean impact player, I mean, I don't mean a superstar, I mean like a rotation player that you didn't have before. And that's why, where I wonder if that will wind up being the path the Lakers pursue. And then this option here that we're looking at, which probably is the most likely, ends up being the fallback if they're just not impressed by anybody they can go get with the mid level. And, you know, I, I really don't think that running it back is all that bad. Um, no, it's you got not to the exciting. <laughs> you got, yeah, it's not exciting, but you got to the Western Conference Finals with this roster. And wouldn't it be interesting to see what they could do if they had a full training camp together and a full regular season where they're not playing must-wins every second, third day? Um, you know, that type of urgency is, you know, to me, why I think they ran out of gas when they did, like, they looked exhausted in that Nuggets series. And part of why they looked exhausted is because they were playing must wins from February 10th. Um, Mm -hmm. And this team we know just by statistically is good enough to not need to play must wins from February 10th if they had started the season together. So I'm interested to see like, if they do go with this route, I would be excited because you get a full training camp together and you get a team that is capable of getting to the Western conference finals actually only having to play with real serious like playoff urgency when the playoffs start what a novel concept ron i think and that's i think you're right i think that 
big picture, that could indeed be the best thing for the Lakers. It wouldn't shock me if this math all stays the same, except the $13 million combined going to the 17th pick and Mo Bamba gets turned into a player. That's also very, very possible. That's also extremely possible. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate that option either. Yeah. Um, of course, we have to factor in Rui might make a couple million more than exactly. that. D'Angelo sure. Russell might make a couple million more, probably will make a couple million more than that. Um, but I think we did a pretty good job here of outlining outlining yeah. everything. I just want to say pat on the back to us. Yeah, absolutely. Pat ourselves on the back. Why not? I think I think we we broke all of this down uh, fairly fairly well. I hope that if nothing else, we explained this so people have a better understanding of exactly what the Lakers are really looking at and what their options truly are. Um, again, this is our more than meets the eye segment sponsored by Oakley. In fact, let me give Oakley a bit of a, a shout out here. Again, I've talked about them a few times already on this show, but they are our new sponsor and they are changing the game. If you uh, run golf train, or you want to look like your favorite athlete, um, players like Lamar Jackson, Debo Samuel, Aaron Jones, the dynasty 101 in startup drafts, Justin Jefferson, man, I would love to be able to select him. Uh, if you want to look like them, you need to get yourself a pair of Oakley's today. They, they even offer prism lens technology. What is that? You ask it's proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do head on over to Oakley.com. Do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday day glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, it really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try for yourself. We've worn a lot of sunglasses brands and can assure you that Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to Oakley.com for more information today. All right, Ron, the... That will go down as uh, our new segment, the More Than Meets the Eye segment. That will go down as the longest one we've had. I talked about getting into some fan questions and comments and things. I don't think we're going to get to it um, because <laughs> we, we went so far into this. We will get into those probably on uh, tomorrow episodes, tomorrow's episode, though. Um, let me ask you this, though, Ron, to put a bow on all this. Going through all the numbers like that, does that dampen your excitement for this Lakers offseason in any way? Because I know people like to throw out all this wild stuff about can the Lakers add five different players all on mid-level exception contracts and all this, and they, you get these crazy, hey, we're going to get Brooke Lopez and Nas Reed and Seth Curry, and and just you get all excited about all this stuff. Does looking at the numbers and how restricted they're actually going to be this summer, does that dampen your excitement for the offseason? You know, I think if you're going big fish hunting, yes. Um but to me, like, I want to run this team back. Like, I'm excited about the prospect of running this team back. So when I look at the numbers, I'm almost in a way, like, I'm a little bit relieved <laughs> that the, uh, the alternative options are so difficult to maneuver mm -hmm. that I'm like, great, the only, really, the only feasible option is running it back, which is, that's what I want to do. So personal agenda, I'm actually more excited looking at this because there's less ways for the Lakers to uh, do something different that maybe doesn't work. Um, and, you know, I, like, if you think about where the Lakers were a year ago, this is just such a breath of fresh air because even though the options aren't perfect, you have options. And if you choose to run it back, you're running it back with a team that was four games away from the NBA finals. Mm -hmm. 
And that's, you know, that's all you can ask for given where the team was a year ago today. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so that's exciting in and of itself. Who knows? Maybe you do uh, a sign and trade deal for Fred Van Vliet. Not saying that the Raptors would even do it or anything, but you know, there's other things that you can do that can switch things up a little bit. But if they don't, I think not only is that a really interesting roster with chemistry to hit the ground running going into the season, but if something's not working, I think there's a lot of tradable pieces on the roster for midseason. So you get past December 15th. I think D'Lo on a $20 million contract is pretty tradable. Um, you get into Mo Bamba. Again, if you don't trade him this summer, if he's if you keep him around at $10.3 million, that's a very tradable contract that you could do something with. You would have a lot of pieces that I think would be movable so that you would have flexibility even midseason to go and make. Even if you don't make the big swing here, you'd have some opportunities to kind of evaluate what you've got and then go chasing somebody else mid-season if so if 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 it's needed and i'll say this ron you and i were recording the last time we saw the lakers decide they're gonna throw caution to the wind and do something crazy um (laughs) and that meant trading for russell westbrook and that went terribly perhaps a relatively boring offseason because it's one of stability and bringing back most of your own guys perhaps that's exactly what they need Yep, and I'm just really glad that in the 56 minutes we were recording this, uh, there wasn't a rumor that broke that said the Lakers <laughs> are for sure getting Kyrie Irving and the world oh is my God. falling Could apart. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Just really you glad. Thank and by you, the yeah. way, I had, to do that. I had to say that because we talked for 56 minutes and didn't say the name Kyrie Irving. So if anyone in the comments says, what about Kyrie? This is the section where we mentioned Kyrie Irving's name. Just so... <laughs> If they if they tried to trade, look, just essentially all the numbers that we just did, just blow them all up. If, if they tried to do a Kyrie trade, throw everything in the trash, trade everyone, don't yeah. bring anybody back. Oh my goodness! But in any event, Lakers Nation, the goal for today was again to just provide a little bit more information on what the Lakers are really faced with this summer, and hopefully provide some clarity on the different paths in terms of cap space team, mid level exception team, what that would look like, and the consequences of going that route a taxpayer mid-level team, the consequences of what that would look like. I guess we didn't really do the fourth path, which is keep Beasley, keep Bamba, don't use your taxpayer mid-level, and you go past that $179 million mark and with you minimums. go with minimums, right? I just don't, I don't think, I think teams are going, are really going to treat that as like, it's not a hard cap, but I think they're going to treat it as one or a ceiling. Um, I don't think teams are going to go past it, but technically that option is out there. I just don't see them doing it. All right. Well, Ron, hey, you know what? This was very, just peek behind the curtain. This was very last minute. I was talking to Ron and said, hey, by the way, I'm going to record something like right now if you happen to want to come on. And and Ron was like, yeah, I'm going to be home in five minutes. I'll jump on. So I think for something that we literally threw together with five minutes warning, (laughs) I think this turned out out pretty well. Again, we'll pat ourselves on the the back for that one. But I do appreciate you jumping on because that was a lot to get through. So I, I appreciate your help on that, Ron. Yeah, the only prep was we're going to be talking about some uh, MLE, you know, tax stuff. And I'm like, okay, let's do that. I know that. (laughs) I knew you knew your stuff on on all that, and we can definitely make our way through it. Uh, But Lakers Nation, thank you guys so much for coming on here and joining us. Make sure that you do subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Lakers Nation. Follow the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.